Hello everyone. So today we've got a fantastic episode for you. We're interviewing Ken from The Humble Penny. We talk about his personal fine journey. He actually is already financially independent, but is still working. So we talk a lot about his day job, his side hustles, his different investments and projects, some really fascinating stuff. We talk a lot about personal development. We dig deep into why this is such a big part of Ken's blog, Ken's life, and how he's working hard to, you know, be a better person every day and what are his goals and we talk obviously a lot about his blog the humble penny it's still pretty new i think it's under a year old but it has blown up in the past few months and has helped a lot of people and i personally love it and learn a lot from both ken and his blog so a really cool episode for you today hope you enjoy Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, do arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. I am the richest man in Babylon, and I also listen to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, even though Europeans conquered our territory. Hello, everyone. Today we have an amazing guest, a good friend of mine, Ken, from London. Um, and we're going to be talking about Fai and his journey and his pretty cool blog. With me, I've got my co-host, Alvar. Hello, Alvar. Hi, everybody. And uh, yeah, off to you, Ken. Can you give us a bit of an intro of who you are, what do you do, uh, and uh, how you're doing on your Fai journey at the moment? Hi, everybody. My name's Ken. I'm 34 years old. Uh, I'm married. I've got two sons. And we live just on the outskirts of London, uh, which actually plays quite a big role as far as our FI journey is concerned. I currently work. I work as a, as a CFO for an investing firm in London, and uh, I've lived in the UK for 20 years. Ken, thank you very much for that introduction. I would also like to ask you, um, how did you first discover uh, about FI? Like, where did you find it? What blog did you read? I actually came across the idea of financial, actually it was financial freedom back in 2008. That then kind of went on to become, as far as I, I was aware, financial independence and, and the movement we see today. But back in 2008, I uh, had read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I attended one of their conferences, their seminars, property investing seminars in London, where I was there essentially for an entire weekend to learn about how to invest in property. And um, at that seminar, I met somebody who turned out to become my wife eventually, my wife, Mary. Uh, and we both set off on the journey of essentially becoming financially independent one day. So we kind of kicked off this journey in 2008. And it was quite interesting meeting her because I, I didn't have to explain to her what property investing was or, you know, um, you know what the idea of creating cash flow generating assets were she just kind of understood that just because we we met bizarrely in this place and yeah and the journey we've just been on that journey and uh, along that journey we've met we've kind of read various blogs as you kind of mentioned earlier so we've uh, one of the first blogs i came across was one called financial samurai a guy called sam in america uh, followed by another guy called Joshua Kennan. His site's called joshuakennan.com. I came across these two guys and I, I just loved uh, quite a lot of the philosophies and kind of the ideas they had. Uh, and then down the line, I came across um, you know, the really popular sites such as Mr. Money Mustache and, uh, and people like that. And gradually, I started looking for other sites in the UK that um, 
uh, of people kind of doing this type of thing because most of these guys, mostly in America, kind of wanted people uh, in the UK. And um, that sort of research led me to sites like Moneyvator and uh, much later on, The Escape Artist and, uh, and so on. So um, that's kind of been my kind of my, my journey as far as discovering uh, FI is concerned. Awesome. And um, so could you tell us a bit what stage of your FI journey you are on right now and how did you get there? That'd be very interesting to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good good question. So we, we're actually now financially independent. We took a very unusual journey. So I'd mentioned earlier I'd lived in the UK for 20 years. I'm, I'm actually an immigrant to this country. Uh, I moved here in 1998, exactly. And um, we moved here with absolutely nothing. <laughs> and for the first 10 years of the time here, we were pretty much trying to survive. Uh, so survival was the uh, primary goal, put some bread on the table, as it were. And then from 2008, to 2018 has really been about financial independence. It's taken us 10 years and our strategy kind of approach has been uh, very multifaceted. So we haven't just, a lot of people talk about savings rates and you know that's, kind of, that's really, really important. But we've gone about it in a slightly unconventional way. So we've explored uh, lots of business and side hustle interests. We've invested in kind of more liquid investments through the stock market, for example. We've done property investing, which is kind of where we started off. I'd mentioned earlier that I'd met my wife at a property investing seminar. So we, we kind of started it with property as our first um, asset class. Uh, and as that generated cash flow, that cash flow gradually gets reinvested in in more liquid sources um, of investment, such as investing in, we started picking stocks initially. So we've been holding things like Amazon and Apple for, for, for quite a long time. Uh, and um, we then started to look at more broad-based types of investments, such as index funds and so on, with a focus on minimizing fees. And then the other kind of focus has been debt minimization. So a huge focus for us has been trying to wipe out our, our mortgage in our home. So we have a few years left, about four years in our kind of base case scenario at home, but we're constantly overpaying. So we expect it to be gone by 2022 at, at worst. Um, and it would have taken us about 10 years in total to get rid of the mortgage. As you can see, it's been quite um, a mixture there, but a, a big piece of that a big piece has been personal development, which I'd hope we, we, we will cover at some point in this conversation. Uh, I think, yeah, that's really cool that you've got um, several projects going on and you're really, your, your FI journey is very, as you say, multifaceted. You're, you're really trying a bit of everything and seeing what works best for you. So it's debt, it's side hustles, it's investing, it's real estate. And I, I love that because it's really it's so interesting. And, and so I'm wondering, what does like a typical day look for you right now? Like you're financially independent, but you're still working. What are the things that you're managing at the moment? You've told me you've got different businesses and real estate. Like what kind of, how is it looking at the moment? We invest through the stock market. So we're trying to get as much of our investments to be more liquid. So a big portion of our portfolio is in property at the moment. And that generates us a fair bit of passive income. So we essentially have a handful of properties in the UK as well as a commercial property that we, we use to run one of our businesses, which is a nursery business of so providing childcare services to parents uh, here in the UK. So we have, um, there are four branches dotted in and around London. So places like Woolwich in Southeast London, uh, there's one in Dartford, 
Uh, there's one in Bexley Heath. Uh, the one in Bexley Heath, we own the property there. And then we have other kind of side things. So, for example, Mary, my wife, runs a party business. Uh, again, the theme is focused on children. So it's parties. So she's very creative. So she designs lots of uh, themed type parties. If you want a Paw Patrol or Peppa Pig party, she would design the whole thing. Uh, you'd print out the banners online and, uh, and move on with your party and do it yourself. And that generates quite a fair bit of income because once you've done the work, once you've put that stuff up online, people can just keep downloading it and it just generates money that way. I run the Humble Penny at thehumblepenny.com, which is a fairly new site I started in the last year or so. Uh, and then I work as well, as you mentioned. So I work for an investor in the creative industries in the UK. So the company I work for, we essentially invest money from high net worth and super high net worth individuals. And that money goes into companies and we hope to exit those companies about five years or so. So I, I work there, but I'm actually an owner in that business. I own some equity in that company, hence why I actually work there slash uh, partly why I enjoy working there, because a lot of it ties into what I do with a Humble Penny, as well as what my interests are. There are quite a few things going on there. And are you ever thinking of uh, like quitting or retiring? Do you have like, uh, okay, in five years, I'm just, okay, I'm going to go live somewhere else. I'm going to chill. <laughs> are you just seeing where it's going at the moment? So we are living our best lives at the moment. I don't believe in, you know, I say this all the time on my site. I, I just have no interest in, retiring early and doing nothing. You know, there's this noise that goes on online. I love the option of early retirement, i.e. being able to say, right, I'm going to take three months off and go cruising. You know, I'd love that. And I, I love having that option. But I believe in work. I actually think work has uh, important meaning. I think work um, is part of doing life well. And the type of work you do matters a lot. So obviously a lot of people work because they need money. But we've been essentially, you know, kind of ejecting ourselves from that idea of working purely for money. So we've been preparing to get to a stage where we can kind of go, well, I can choose to do this type of work because. And so the option of being able to exercise choice is really what I'm interested in. And a lot of that ties into kind of my immigrant backgrounds because for a long time, I could barely even get a job. You know, I could bet I, I did lots of kind of manual work and scraping around for five pounds an hour and, you know, doing whatever came to kind of get some money. So my kind of big motivation has always been, right, I'm going to turn this, I'm going to tell a different story and I really want to get that power back into my hands so that I can do whatever I want when I want to do it. So things like the work I do today, I do it because number one is interesting work. Number two, I'm always learning stuff as soon as I'm there and being challenged all the time. And number three, it's a wealth creation opportunity. So it, a lot of it ties into um, kind of where we see the future going for us. But, you know, we'd love one day to, to, to be able to just go, yeah, well, we, you know, we can do nothing. But again, when you choose to do nothing, what on earth should you do? You know, the, the day's out there, you know. You have to find something that um, you find interesting enough to keep you quite engaged. And for me, things like running my blog, for example, it's a very good example of that. Uh, doing family life, traveling once in a while. You know, we like to travel annually, uh, maybe you know, a weekend off now and again. But actually keeping myself very busy is important. Cool. Yeah, I love that. I love the optional retirement um, idea. Mm -hmm. And that ties in pretty well with uh, what we're going to talk about next, personal development. Oh, yeah. Alvar, do you want to hop in? 
Nice. I just wanted to make one comment. Um, can I really love your philosophy in terms of like how you approach it, having options out there, being able to quit, retire if you want to, but also knowing like I have to stay busy, I have to got to do something. Otherwise, it's just, you know, what's the point of life if, you know, you, you don't have a purpose and you actually like your work and all the amazing side hustles around that. I like that way of uh, phrasing a philosophy. And that also, as Araminta said, ties nicely into the next topic, uh, personal development. You're quite big on personal development on your blog and all, all, like how you've all experienced this yourself. And what I would like to ask, like, how does uh, five financial independence relate to personal development for you? Like, why is it so important? And how does it influence you, like your own development journey? The big thing I noticed with my journey to financial independence is that it happened a lot quicker than uh, it might do for a lot of people. Okay. Um, and what's become clear to me is that the reason it's happened so quickly is because I've grown a great deal in the last 20 years. Okay. So I'm 34 years old. I moved here when I was 14. And in that time, I've gone through in fact, you'd need an entire podcast for <laughs> some, of, some of the stuff I've gone through on this journey. But to really break it down in very simplistic ways, my focus since I've been here has been, number one, educating myself formally, and number two, educating myself informally. So to explain very practically what that means for me. So I've gone through kind of university, college, university, that whole thing in this country. And the focus has always been to be at the very top of my game here. So performing right at the very top. And I've kind of pushed the barriers, went on to train as a chartered accountant. And then uh, a few years later, I went on to do an MBA. The reason I've done all that is really, number one, I wanted to, number one, become more confident so that I can take a bit more risk in life. And secondly, I wanted to just know that I um, had acquired knowledge and in time acquired understanding through um, those pieces of learning. And along that journey, whilst doing all that, I've also had informal learning. So a lot of the informal learning has been about my own self-education, reading books, that focus on particular interests, entrepreneurship, self-help books, things around relationships and life hacks. I've identified people who I thought, right, I kind of like this guy or this girl in terms of their vision. I want to hang out with them. And I want to kind of, you know, that saying that iron sharpens iron. So I want to hang out with these guys and learn from them. So I've, I've kind of sought out mentors and sought out coaches, people who have been instrumental in helping me you know, with my thinking, as well as frame some of the things that I think I want to achieve whilst also actually doing them. Uh, and by doing, I mean taking risks. So if you think you want to start a business, don't just think it, just start it already, start it today. So getting out there and just doing stuff and trying in time, as I try to kind of elaborate on my site a little bit, to become a bit more fearless, because fear is a big part of what paralyzes most people from doing anything they want to do. So by actually doing stuff and take, taking the step out there, what I call faith walks, by actually putting your foot out there and getting your feet wet, you are becoming a lot more fearless as time passes. And with that fearlessness comes a link to wealth creation because you will be able to you know, do things that most people can't do. You'll see opportunities, you'll jump on them, you, know, you put your money where your mouth is and you will do well. You will not always do well, but you do well on average. So that's kind of been my journey. And I think personal development is, development is something most people just don't talk about. It's almost a missing piece on this journey to FI. 
And I think just to make one point, actually, so a lot of people say things like uh, if you're on a low income, you might not, you may never achieve financial independence or there's just no point doing it. I always say, well, actually, that's not, that's not, that's not really true. Um, it'll be harder, possibly, if you stayed on that income. But if you're biased towards growing and, you know, kind of having a growth mindset, then in time, your income will skyrocket. It's just what will happen. And so with that growth and income, and if you manage your expenses really well, you find yourself having a lot more money to put out there into other asset classes, whether it's investing through the stock market, property business, you know, whatever it is you do, you know, you have that margin to do it. Uh, that's really fascinating. And, you know, the biggest takeaway from this, and this is something that Eric from uh, Hippies de Land Rover, he's another one of our guests from Mexico, he said mm -hmm. also that FI is all about the journey, uh -huh. not the, the end. And you, Correct. that's exactly what you're saying, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, it's the, the amount of, the huge amount of self-education and what you're learning and what you're you're achieving and you're growing. Mm -hmm. And that's why personal development is such a big part of FI because it's not about the end, it's not about the goal, it's about the journey. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, I love that. I think that's very, that's why personal development is so important. And I love how you, that's one of the pillars of your blog. Absolutely. So, yes. Also to add on top of that, I love your approach in the sense of like being fearless, being positive, believing in opportunity and not simply in terms of fear and in a narrow minded mindset, oh, yeah. going for it and actually going out there, coming over here to the UK and in 20 years building this crazy, amazing life, but also with a plan, formal and informal education and growth and that whole combination around it. Just one last question on that mm -hmm. in terms of like your day to day activities, like what are certain things you do like every single day to learn, grow, like in terms of sporting, reading a newspaper, something like that. Or something you would recommend to others if yeah. they want to get started on this personal development journey. Yeah. What would you recommend to others? Little actionable things yeah. they can do from day to day. There's a huge link, right? I heard somebody say something once. Somebody said something around the difference between where you are now and where you want to be is equal to the difference between what you know now and what you don't know. So the idea there is learning. The more you learn stuff, the more you realize you don't really know a lot. So a big part of what I do every single day is I read. So reading is a big hack. Yes. Huge hack. In fact, I think reading books is possibly the, the, the world's greatest hack because is, yes. the best people in the world out there, so if you think of like people who are like pushing barriers in terms of their thinking and their ideas and so on, those people spend maybe six months to a year or even 18 months putting their best ideas in their books, right? So if someone spent all that time doing that, then and they sell that book for 10 pounds, 15 pounds, It's a complete no-brainer that the best thing to do is to go and buy that book and read it and kind of not only read it, but put into action what you're reading. So that's a difference there. The key there is to actually action what you're reading and not just listen to what people are saying, but forget what people are saying, literally put to action, just experiments. You almost have a kind of a design mindset. Designers, they try things out, they see what happens They go back and they refine and they try it again. So that's what I do with books. I read them. I buy. I've got like friggin. I've got like three or four books in bookshelves in my house. I, I fill them up all the time. I'm constantly reading stuff. So another hack is is that I, I have a gratitude journal. So every single day before I go to bed, I write down five things I'm grateful for. Love Some that. of it's repetitive. So I always have things like I'm grateful for my wife and kids. 
I'm grateful to have a home that we can come home to each day. You know, I'm grateful to have good friends and family. So some of it's repetitive, but the reason why that's important is because gratitude is the antidote for optimism. So if you really want to be positive and optimistic, you know, kind of knowing what you've got and being grateful for having it kind of almost reinforces that. And you kind of wake up the next day feeling really buzzy and so on. So I always do a gratitude journal every single night. Five lines, I just write down five things I am grateful for. Third one is I don't watch TV. Now, People yeah, are going to struggle good. with this one. Good, I don't. People are going to struggle. <laughs> People always struggle with this one, and I have to tell you, this hasn't always been me. I always used to watch TV, but then I realized something. So I downloaded an app because thinking about productivity, I downloaded an app. Essentially, what I did with the app was to look at what I was spending a lot of my time doing. So whenever I did an activity, I would log it on this app and pretend to pay myself an hourly rate. And what I found as time passed was that I had spent a great deal of time, not only watching TV, but but wasting a lot of it on social media. What I then decided was I would start by turning the TV off for a day, like no TV for a day entirely. Then gradually that became three days, then gradually became five days. Now, now at home, we don't turn the TV on at all. Now, what that does is you will not believe how much time that frees up because I think I read somewhere that the UK population, the UK, for example, and this is probably applies to Europe and America, um, people spend on average about four to five hours a day looking at some screen, whether it's watching YouTube or watching TV. or And that's a bit crazy when you think about it. So if you want to move forward in life, you want to invest your time moving forward, then watching TV is a waste of your time. So I don't, you know, I don't get involved watching TV. And when people talk about what shows they've watched, I don't care. I just kind of completely blank them and, and just focus on what I want to do, which is not to watch TV, but to actually do what I want. So that's one thing I say definitely works for me. Fourth thing is, is I focus on eating well. So eating well is super, super, super important. Like, because without eating well, you can't replenish your energy supplies. You just can't, you know, you just don't feel great. And tied to eating well is sleeping well. And that last one, I actually struggle with the sleep because sometimes I'm doing work and I really should be sleeping. So I'm still working on that one. But sleeping well is actually important. I'd say finally, I kind of have a, again, tied to gratitude journal. I kind of have a faith dimension in my life. So, you know, again, this is tied to actually being, just being grateful for stuff, you know, and always kind of seeking out the best in people and not always you know, I don't know, getting involved in crap and gossiping and backstabbing. I just have no interest in small things like that. So I'm more biased towards positive relationships, looking forward and, you know, moving ahead. So yeah, that's it. Thank you for that, Canon. Um, what I really wanted to point out is like your focus on the things that matter and skipping over the things that simply are irrelevant, as in watching television. Um, I really like that approach and, uh, and absolutely the reading part. Reading is so undervalued for mm -hmm. so many people like the value can get out of that in terms of like getting a book for 10 quid no brainer go for it read yep. it's the most efficient way of going over it and yeah, becoming yeah, yeah. aware of what you're doing through an app a, a tool like hey i'm wasting so much time on this this and this mm -hmm. thank you for that um and now we want to throw it over to the next topic um your blog and araminta is going to ask you on that mm -hmm. i also love the whole book thing because i i talk about this a lot on my blog also and it's that you get get to absorb the 
the life of one really clever person in Absolutely. like two hours. Mm -hmm. And it's just mind-blowing, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, it is, yeah. Literally, this guy spent his entire, or this girl, mm -hmm. actually, spent like 50, 60 years learning all this information, practicing all mm -hmm. this, and you can read it in literally two or three yeah. hours. It's just, it, it blows my mind. So I totally agree with you. And the best part is, Araminta, you can buy books secondhand. Yeah, I know. And give it to someone else. Change someone else's life. Yeah, yeah. Or you can borrow them from libraries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to pop on to talking about cool. your blog, The Humble Penny. Uh, I'm a fan. I've <laughs> guest posted on your on your blog and we're always talking yep. about it and trying to improve. And I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, can you tell us a bit? You started 10 months ago. This was like part of your FI journey. Yep. This is part of educating yourself, learning uh, and also connecting. Yeah. And I think what I love most about it, and you've also been on the BBC and, and all that. It's pretty crazy. Uh, what I love about it also is how you're spreading the message of financial independence. So I'd really want to know how you're doing that and what are your like goals for the future with the blog thanks for the mention on the blog so the humble penny uh, i say has a very clear mission and i refer to that mission as the sites trying to help people create financial joy in their lives now some people might go what does financial joy mean well to me, it means I want people to be able to think, when they think about money, I want them to think of it from a happy place rather than from a place of fear and worry and, you know, what have you. So financial independence, I think of as a, a pit stop on the money journey. For one person, it could be they're trying to get out of debt. For somebody else, they want to become, uh, have some savings and so on. So there's a, think of various pit stops. And at every one of those pit stops, I want people to feel happy about their money position. So financial independence is a stop on that journey. And so the humble penny is taking people through insights, tools, information, courses. It's taking people on a journey of transformation. In my mind, whoever comes in touch with that blog should be a different person by reading it as they keep going on and on and consuming the content. And they should be a better person, not just from a money perspective, but from a life perspective, because money isn't really just about money. It's just about um, an individual. It's about doing life very well and doing life well with other people. So that's really what the site's about. Been running it for 10 months, as you said, and I really enjoy it. We publish two times a week. I work on it with my wife, Mary. So every single image you see on the site is designed by Mary. I have no creative input whatsoever. Mary does all that work. And um, as far as financial independence is concerned, my strategy has really been about, number one, being honest, showing integrity, and being transparent. So telling my own story so that people out there can actually believe that this stuff might be possible. Number two, I'm prioritizing positive relationships. I'm getting out there and meeting people. I read a long time ago about a strategy called the Dream 100. And so before I started this site, I made a list of 100 people I would love to meet one day. Uh, and those people appeal to me for various reasons. And gradually, I'm reaching out to these various people and trying to collaborate with them. And that strategy has worked well so far because it's helped kind of get the, the site out there, kind of get the site out to bits beyond the UK, out to America, out to Africa, out even to places like Dubai and so on. A lot of these people are people I have on my Dream 100 list. And these are people who I reach out to as kind of... Um, they basically spread the message, they spread the word. And a big part of what I'm trying to do with the Humble Penny is number one, establish it as an ethical money brand. 
I want this brand to be somewhere people can come and feel at home to learn stuff. And then secondly, I don't want the humble penny to become, to start to have impact on the ground. So start to actually tackle certain issues that really matter to people. It could be things around financial literacy or around poverty and so on. But actually, I'm free to do that. It needs to start to generate some income somehow and become sustainable on its own. So these are kind of quite big plans and <laughs> they do scare me in a way sometimes. But again, you know, as I've said to you many times, you know, if you don't start anything, nothing happens. Kind of have to take it each day at a time and gradually, you know, things happen as I'm starting to find out. So... Yeah. And you know, what I really love the most about everything that you're telling me is that you seem to have it so clear. I don't know if that's how you feel, but you seem to know exactly what you want and you know exactly how to get it and you're planning for it. And it's not just a dream, it's reality. Yeah. And this is, this is it's very inspiring. And I'm trying to get there too with my own like ambitions and stuff. And sometimes it's very overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very, it's exciting. The thing is, you've got to have the right people around you. So I talk to you all the time because I find that that helps me. I talk to various people who have different, what I call kind of different superpowers. They have different kind of key skills and abilities and interests. And I kind of speak to them and I, I took an idea away from somebody I used to work with many years ago. And what she used to do was she speak to somebody and she'd take one, only one idea away from them and she'd implement them, that idea in their, in, the, in their own life and situation. So I kind of do the same things. So I meet people and I go, hmm, this guy or this girl is very good at X, Y, or Z. Mm, this is the one thing I'm taking away. So having the right people around really matters a lot. And spending time in your own space matters a lot because that gives you a ton of clarity about what you want out of life and why that matters. So for example, I don't read comments on websites, you know, like websites that will just like drown me in negativity. I've just got no interest. I just completely avoid all those sites because I have a very clear idea about what I'm trying to do. And if the people around me aren't supporting that, I tend to just avoid them. If it's people who are helping me grow and kind of pushing me and challenging me and maybe going to me, mm, you're not quite doing that that very well, or maybe you're, you should think about this this way, I find that constructive. And so I would surround myself with such people because they're thinking like I'm thinking. Um, and I find that's really helped me gain more of that clarity you referred to. And, oh, I should mention one thing, really. I should really, because this is a great opportunity to mention this. The other big thing about the site is, is, is it prioritizing giving first. The thing about life is if you give first, if you focus on improving somebody else, whether it's information, ideas, you know, whatever it is, if you focus on doing that first, they will, via reciprocity, want to help you out. So a big part of what I do is to say, look, there are people out there who need great information, content, courses, whatever. Let me focus on doing that. And down the line, something will come back. And that's exactly what's happening. So anyway, I hope that's useful to somebody out there. <laughs> I love that. And honestly, we could literally talk about this for hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, this is a little podcast and we try to keep it short. I want to throw one more thing in regarding uh, the blog. Again, what I really feel like your story, it's um, so genuine. That's also how the blog comes across. It's There's so many like generic personal finance books just with like budget spreadsheets and things. But yours, it's, it's a life story. It's actionable. It's straightforward. Um, and uh, also want to ask, could you uh, explain a little bit around like the academy and the coaching sessions you also offer? Oh, yeah. The academy is something I came up with as a way of almost, again, transferring learning to other people. So we create free courses and make book recommendations and what have you. And then I offer coaching. So the coaching is a combination of 
pro bono and paid coaching. So people can reach out to me. I offer mentoring, I offer elements of coaching, depending on what their needs are. Then there are people who want specific things, specific transformations uh, for those kind of things I charge for um, because they, they might, for example, I'm going after a coaching session after this call and it's a coaching session that will last for three weeks uh, and stuff like that I tend to charge for. But those guys are looking for specific transformations or so things around, um, you know, building a financial independence plan for themselves, starting their own businesses or side hustles, starting their own blogs. You know, I basically take them through the entire journey uh, and essentially uh, tell them everything I've learned and help them literally go from idea to to, to live. Um, so that's part of what I do on the on the side. Uh, just so people have an idea on what you're actually mm -hmm. like offering around that. So to wrap it up, we've got three mm -hmm. more questions. Ken, mm -hmm. um, where can people find you online, contact you, blog, Gmail, Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything at The Humble Penny. So Twitter, at The Humble Penny, Instagram, uh, I think it's hashtag, hashtag The Humble Penny. Um, email is possibly the fastest way to reach me. I respond within like an hour. So Ken at thehumblepenny.com. That's the best way. My site's thehumblepenny.com. So that's, that's pretty much the fastest way to get hold of me. Okay, great. And what is one resource that's at the moment not very well known within the FI community? One book, blog, podcast you would really recommend people listening, reading, watching? So I would highly recommend a book called Designing Your Life. This book came out of a research in Stanford, I think part of the Stanford MBA or something. If you look on Amazon, you'd find this book. It's called Designing Your Life. In terms of podcasts, I listen to uh, quite a few. So... Things like um, Michael Hyatt, for example. So I listen to leadership podcasts of people who I find quite inspiring. So Michael Hyatt, I listen to his podcast. I listen to marketing-related podcasts. So Marketing Secrets is a podcast I listen to almost every day. I read other blogs. So I read, for example, Barney's blog, The Escape Artist. There are probably a few other things I can think about. And we'll definitely link to those in the show notes. And last question of today, uh, the number one actionable tip for somebody who wants to get started on the Petu FI you could give to our listeners. The number one actionable tip would be to aim to spend less than you make. The reason that's important is because a huge lever of financial independence is your savings rate. So if you can actually start to increase that savings rate marginally as time passes, you will start to build enough, enough of a cushion to actually do stuff, whether it's to invest, whether it's to start a business, whether it's to invest in property and so on. So the actionable tip would be aim to spend less than you make and gradually adjust your lifestyle to increase that savings rate. Love it. So there you go. Actionable tip from The Humble Penny, <laughs> who has already reached financial independence and has an amazing story. Thank you so much, Ken, for coming on. Thank and you. Maybe I'd love to probably have you in the future on another date and see yeah, where yeah. you're up to with uh, the blog and yep. everything, because it's, it's really fascinating. And I know a lot of people can learn from what you're doing. So really, thanks yeah. for that. Thanks, Ken. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you guys reaching out. And, you know, I'm open to anybody contacting me. I, I really love responding to these emails. So feel free. Awesome. Okay. See you next time. Cool. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. 
Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books, and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.